Is there one element of sadhana that is most helpful in achieving communion with God? So sadhana, of course, is our spiritual practice. Is there one element of that that's most helpful in attaining that oneness of God? Yes, surrender. For sure. And the reason, the reason is you can do everything else. You can learn everything there is to learn. You can do all of the things that you're supposed to do. But until and unless you let go of the wall that is between you and God, Everything else you're doing is just being piled on to that wall. It's being stuck on to that wall. And that's the dilemma. It's, it's like my favorite, my favorite story of the man who is ready for enlightenment. He thinks he's ready for enlightenment. He deems himself ready for enlightenment. And he goes to visit this guru who's, it's been told, this is the guru. This is the one who's going to give you enlightenment. So, of course, he has to walk through the rivers and climb the mountain because it's not a story if they don't walk through rivers and climb mountains. And he gets to the cave at the top of the mountain and bows down at the feet of the guru and tells him, I'm here for enlightenment. And here's what I've done, here's what I've studied, here's what I've learned, here's what I've achieved, and here's my challenges. Here's what I need, here's where I'm stuck. And the guru says, have a cup of tea. The man says, Tea, I didn't come for tea, I came for enlightenment. I don't have time for a cup of tea. But the guru says, have a cup of tea. All right, what's he going to do, right? So the guru goes in the back, he makes tea, he comes back, he brings the teapot and two cups, and he puts the cups down. And he starts to pour, and he pours, and as he's pouring, the cup's getting fuller and fuller, and he keeps pouring, and now the cup is overflowing outside, and... Tea is spilling all over the ground, and the man says, stop, what are you doing? The cup is full, it can't hold anymore. And the guru says, your mind is just like this cup. You're so full of what you think you know, what you think you've done, who you think you are, that there's no room for me to give you anything. And so this is really what it's about in terms of connecting with God. We can, we can attach all of the learning, all of the achievements, all of what we've done, but all we're doing essentially is sticking them up on a bulletin board that still is between me and God. There's this wall between us, and all I'm doing is tacking on that wall 
learning and knowledge and achievements and good merit and punya and good karma and here and there. But, but all I'm doing is stacking extra things on this wall that still stands between me and God. And so if there were one sadhana, well, you've got to make that, that wall crumble. And the only way to do that is surrender. Because that wall, God hasn't put it there. Our highest selves have not put it there. The universe has not put it there. Our egos have put it there. It's actually really quite simple. The egos have put it there. It's the ego that says, this is what I want. This is how I want it. This is when I want it. And if I get it, then I'm happy and all is good. And if I don't get it, then I'm not happy and things are bad. Because you can't be in communion with God and absolutely irate at your neighbor at exactly the same time. They don't, they don't go together. You cannot be screaming at your family members, beating your children, yelling at your colleagues, employees, whoever it may be, and in communion with God at the same time. The attachment that I have to how everyone else in the world acts is what's keeping me from being connected to God. That attachment that says, here's how it has to be. Now, this doesn't mean that you become lackadaisical employers. It doesn't mean that you let your employees, you know, steal from you and walk all over you and cheat you and not do their work. It's not that. That you let their, your children, you know, eat all kinds of chocolate cake before dinner. It's not, it's not that. One can very easily enforce systems and rules and discipline and order without losing yourself in the process. It's not the rules or the system or the order or the authority that keeps me from God. It's my attachment, my emotional attachment to how people are being. It's that sense of how dare you. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? I was in peace and then you came along. You made me in a bad mood. You ruined my peace. You're the reason I'm angry. That's what keeps us from God. Because what that, what that saying is, I'm only okay when you do what I want. And the you could be a spouse, a child, a parent, an employee, the weather, the stock market, the traffic. Doesn't even have to be a human you. But as long as we've got this sense of here's how it has to be, that wall I have built, that box I have created in which I am okay. If the universe acts like this, I am okay. That box I've created is the box that keeps me separate from God. And so surrender 
is a surrender to God's will. Now, it's important to realize surrender does not mean I become a doormat because, of course, the next question is, well, so what about, you know, self-esteem? What about protection of our, of our home, of our company, of our family? What about, you know, my own self-respect? Surrender to God's will does not mean we surrender to someone else's ego. Doesn't mean we surrender to someone else's ignorance. And that's really important. Surrender to God. Surrender to God's will does not mean however you treat me, that's going to be great. Whatever you do, no problem. We have a duty. A duty to ourselves, our, our lowercase s self, the physical body. A duty to our capital S self, the true highest divine self. To use this life to experience truth. That's what we're here for. That's why we've been given a body. That's why we're here. To experience the truth of who we are. To experience oneness with God. That's according to Indian spiritual tradition. Why we get human birth. Why it's the pinnacle of evolution. Because in a human birth with the capacity we have for consciousness. We don't all use it. You look at nature and you realize a lot of nature is a lot better behaved than humans a lot more loyal, a lot more predictable. The reason that human birth is the pinnacle of spiritual evolution is because we have this ability to look at our own consciousness and to say, I am not that thought. I'm not that anger. I'm not that lust, I'm not that greed, I'm not that competition, I'm not that jealousy, I'm not all of the ways that I'm feeling myself pulled, I'm not that sadness, I'm not that history, I'm not the abused, I'm not the abuser, I'm not the color of my skin, I'm not my bank account, I'm not my sexual orientation, I'm not any of those things. We have the ability to look at ourselves and to realize that. To realize that's just a product of the physical body, which in and of itself is a temple, which is also why it's our duty to protect it. We say, it literally means the body is a temple. It's a temple because God lives within it. If we say the divine lives in our hearts, well, then it means the physical walls, essentially, of that are a temple. So the body is a temple, so we protect it. We don't get walked all over. We don't become a doormat. But we don't allow, and this is the surrender, we don't allow my emotional state my grounding, my anchoring, my identity, my sense of worthiness in the world, my sense of who I am in this world to be dictated by how people treat me, 
by who raises me up, who beats me down, who praises me, who criticizes me, who's richer than I am, who's poorer than I am, who's more successful than I am, who's less successful than I am. I don't let any of that dictate my sense of self. So we surrender to God. And what do we surrender? We surrender attachments of here's how it needs to be. We don't surrender goals, by the way. We don't surrender energy. We don't surrender interest. We don't surrender initiative. That's the stuff that keeps it. That's, that's what God has given us to be on earth as tools of the divine will. Our compassion, our creativity, our initiative, this is what fuels us. We don't surrender that. It's not that we become listless and do nothing. It's that we surrender the attachments, as Lord Krishna says so beautifully in the Bhagavad Gita, to the fruits of our labor. So we are dedicated gardeners. We plant our seeds. We till the soil. We plant them as well as we can. We water them. We shine the sun on them. We love them. But we don't lose ourselves in what fruits come out of them. We understand that's not in my hands. We surrender that. We surrender that to God. And we surrender, most importantly, we surrender our egos. Because that wall is the ego. The ego is the one that says, me, mine, I. My guru Pooja Swamiji says, the I whether it's in the beginning of a sentence or the middle of a sentence, it's always capital. So it's the only letter that's always capital even when it's in the middle of a sentence. And when it's vertical, he says, it serves as a wall between us, I. But that same I, he says so beautifully, if you bend it, becomes a bridge. And so this is when we talk about literally breaking the wall of the ego. It's taking that I and we bend. When we do namaste to each other here in India, it literally means the divine within me bows to the divine within you. Divine within me bows to the divine within you. Why do we, why do, we do that? Why do we bow at the feet of saints, at the feet of our parents? in temples, at the feet of that which is divine, to remind us to keep bowing, to keep bowing, to keep bowing. So that the ego loosens its grip a little. The ego doesn't want to bow. The ego says, you bow to me. Why should I bow? I didn't do anything. I'm the great one. I'm older, I'm smarter, I'm richer, I'm more handsome, I'm more powerful, I'm better. I'm humbler also, by the way. <laughs> right? These are the games of the ego. You should bow to me. But we keep bowing, we keep bowing, we keep bowing. Reminds us. Bend the ego, bend the ego, bend the ego. It's that wall. And it's a wall, not just between us and God, 
but between us and all of the manifestations of God here on earth, our family, our friends, our communities. If you think in your life for a moment about, if I said, think about the single greatest thing keeping you from peace today. It's International Peace Day. If you think about what is it in your life that keeps you from peace, the thing that keeps you when you sit down to eat a meal, that makes your stomach kind of in knots and makes you not always able to digest well, that keeps you up at night, not necessarily every night, but what is that thing? And what you'll realize is, each of us in this room will have a different thing, but they all boil down to one core fundamental truth, which is something in the universe is not going according to how I want it to. I've got a plan. I've got an agenda. And something, someone is not following instructions. Or I'm afraid that they won't. Either it's already happening, or I'm afraid that in the future they will not follow my instructions. People in my life, the stock market, the weather, whatever it may be, my health, I've got an agenda, and someone, something is not doing what I want. Or they're not going to in the future. And what you realize is, wow, how interesting. If I simply could let go of that wanting, that attachment, that sense of how I think it should be, maybe it wouldn't keep me up at night. So whether we're looking for just peace in our relationships or communion with God, that wall, it has to break. I was last week watching a show. I was on an airplane to Spain. I was watching a, a history show on the fall of the Berlin Wall and how no one thought it was ever going to fall and that there was no possibility, like never in a million years, is it going to fall. But it did. And if, if nations, countries, politicians with all of their own agendas and everything can actually come together and get that wall down? Well, surely when it's just between us and our own egos, us and our own agendas, us and our own attachments, surely we can get that down. Because the reward, the reward is everything. The reward, the reward is that connection with God. Think about, think about being in love. Think about being in the arms of the loved one. Just close your eyes for a moment. Picture being in the arms of the beloved. Doesn't matter if it's a romantic beloved, if it's your mother, your father, your grandmother, a child, the tree you love. Just imagine yourself locked in an embrace with the beloved. Now imagine that between you, 
there were six inches of plywood. Okay. Between the two of you, six inches of plywood. Does it feel so good? Does it feel so good with six inches of plywood between you? Of course not. So whether it's the arms of a, a physical beloved or the arms of God, when we've got a six-inch wall between us, you lose the... ah. Experience. So we get rid of the wall. And slowly, slowly, every day, just allow that walk, wall to crumble brick by brick. You may not necessarily have to break it all at once. If you can, fantastic. Take it out brick by brick every day. Can you let go of one thing every day? Something that you wanted that you were about to get upset about, and then you decide, ah, let this today be the brick in the wall of my ego that goes. Okay, no problem. Thy will be done. A brick, every day, one brick. Slowly, 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 slowly. You'll find the wall crumble. 